Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. Hey guys! Hey! hey. 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 How's that lunch tail? <laughs> <laughs> like it, mate, eh? Uh, we yeah. all heard it. Uh, uh, we all heard it. Yeah. Yeah. We all heard it. Yeah. We all heard it. We went live. Who you heard it? Ah, finally got him. Good try. Good try. Awful, If we're late, that's lunch. Yes. To the podcast, not. On Te- the- technicality, guys, from a guy who's taking everything on. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it was a technicality uh, as usual. Technicality. <laughs> we have issues. How's it going, all right? Yeah, really good. Hey, everybody. Okay, so uh, what a great idea. What a great idea. Come on, Cam, the wine. Yeah, wine first. So apparently it's International Pinot Noir Day. Yes, please. Yes. Us, so we all bought white wines because that's what Pinamara is apparently. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> it's not already. Maddie. Maddie, if you're watching, Pinamara's a red. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks you. For the Naughty media. boy. Uh, well, mate, I just, I just going to throw it out there. So, everyone, the idea was everyone brought their best Pinamara today. And I, from what I hear, some of us had a go and some of us really, really didn't. So, <laughs> yeah. Chris. Speaking of people, yeah, you want me to go first? Yes, <laughs> we're starting from the bottom. Shit, the problem is, it's that good that I forgot it's not a screw top. <laughs> <laughs> I missed a screw top. Is that bloody good? Oh well, I'll be back in a minute once I talk about it. So this is a, it's called a Cambria. There we are, a Cambria. It's a a Californian Pinot, um, and it's called Julia's Vineyard. And I don't know if it's if it's a coincidence. Famous for their Pinot but, Noir, California. That, say that again. California, famous for its Pinot Noir. Yeah, I know it's not, but you know what? Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's a coincidence, but it's called Julia's Vineyard. And this Julia who made this wine, um, her surname is Jackson. So I wonder if there are any she's any relation to the Kendall Jackson Vineyard that's also in California. Um, but it's a different... Different winery, so I don't know. Um, did any of you guys actually look at it? <laughs> What's it taste like? <laughs> what I don't know. And I haven't opened it. I have to bite the top off. Um, <laughs> did any of you guys look up the actual grape, the Pinot, and why it's uh, it's, it's known as the um, the soft grape or the the special grape or something or other? Um, it, it's got a very thin skin, and when they when the pickers and the growers handle it, they have to be very very careful. At a certain time, or they'll destroy the crop if they don't handle it the right way. So um, yeah. that's why it's not used as much as a lot of the other wine. Yeah, it, it's called it's called Pinot mainly because it's got the the shape of a cone. Mm-hmm. That's what I've seen as well. It's it's derived from the two like pine and then black. The two French words like Pinot Noir. Is that right, Thomas? Because the the yeah. grapes um, have a tightly clustered thing, which mm-hmm. re- represent a um, pine cone. Yeah, it's a red grape. Yeah, yeah. But, so but it's but it's weird that it being a, gr- a red grape, they still use it in champagne. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, so this one here, so it's um, Bird. So it's a sixth generation bird family. It's 2019 um, from Tasmania. So um, it's a it's in the Rolling Hills, apparently. Um, really lovely spot. It's the um, Corriton Park Homestead, which is a spiritual home for the spiritual home for the Birch family, apparently. So the um, uh, the um, family, basically, they said they're, they're big on family, and uh, Cornelia Bay, Cornelian Bay is where their mother grew up, Helen. So that's why they. Um, they call this the heart of the family. So apparently it's a good one, but I don't, I'm not a big drinker of this. So, you know, it's hard for me to know a good one from a bad one, to be honest, but it's International Pinot Day. So why not? Mm. I had uh, Maud, uh, oh. the first, uh, one of the first uh, winery in um, New Zealand, central uh, Otago, about an hour and a half uh, north from Queenstown. Mm -hmm. and Usually Pinot Noir, we have to drink it within two to five years, right? And um, for me, mode is uh, the Pinot Noir that you have to have. So I thought, better get it. Mm, nice. It would be the Pinot Noir you had to have unless you had mine, mate. So uh, yeah, well, <laughs> took, took so much to somebody help my, you. Uh, I told Thomas to see my uh, secret bottle shop yesterday. He saw the wonders within. When mm -hmm. I need a good bottle, it's where I go. It's um, magnificent. Absolute cracker. One thing I will say about Pinot, people who don't like red wine generally or are learning to drink it, Pinot is a good place to start because yeah. usually, as same with the grape, it's a bit softer and a bit weaker and you don't have the tannins and the and the, some of the stuff that puts people off a heavy red. So uh, I don't mind it. And you can also have it cool. You can chill Pinot and you should chill it a little bit. So it's a good bridge between a white wine and a heavy red. So... I have a uh, 2018 Pinot from uh, Burn Cottage. It's also a Central Otago uh, Pinot. So unlike California, if you are going to buy a Pinot, it should be Tasmanian or New Zealand, generally speaking. <laughs> mate, cool climate. It's International Pinot Day. So <laughs> it's a, it's a cool... all over the world, mate. <laughs> it's oh, a, it's a cool, a cool climate wine with. Uh, <laughs> Most of California is desert, so well done. Chris. No, 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 don't go, don't go there. Unless, unless you want to use Pinot Noir for cooking, <laughs> <laughs> or petrol. Um, <laughs> and I was, I was pretty happy. I asked the guy in the shop, "What's your best Pinot?" It wasn't the most expensive one, but it almost was. And I'd already picked this one up, and he said that that one. So he's either a good salesman or he's having a lend to me. Um, and I was. I was pretty keen until I saw the word organic on it. So um, I'm a bit... Oh, uh, you're going to love it. I'm a bit trepidatious because the only organic wines I've ever had suck balls, and that's from... They've been from the hunter, though. So um, I didn't swear, Chris. So I just... I just, <laughs> just... I love the fact that anyway, you still went down that road. You're going to love it, I think. Bottom to that. Very good. Yes. Yes, guys. Cheers, big man. Cheers, big ears. It's good. Oh. Mm. You're still with us, Chris? <laughs> <laughs>
just because we, we're not competing, Thomas, fill, me, fill, fill everyone in on what the scores were on Vivino. Yeah, yeah. Um, yours was about uh, 4.2. Um, mine was 4.07 something. Uh, <clears throat> Louise was a 3.9, if I was right. Oh, well. if, if I remember. And uh, this is and, why I asked. And Chris? Uh, forget it. Let's let's it have been the 3.9. No, Chris, Chris is 3.3. That's why my, it is. That's uh, when, I, when I saw 3.3, I didn't know whether it was a pH of vinegar or <laughs> whether it was split. <laughs> that may be I'm a four. I'm a four. No, but no, you have to average it. You have to average it. For all We've the done a lot of episodes, Chris. Oh, that may be the worst wine ever produced on this podcast. <laughs> I know Stephen, Stephen Thompson had a crack at the title once with a, a middle shelf Liquorland special. No, but no one, no one can ever beat your non-alcoholic one. Uh... <laughs> oh, <laughs> who had that? Who had? Oh, that? I was on a health kick uh, and I had to bring in furniture polish. Seriously, I, thought I drank too much. And, uh, wasn't uh, it one that Chris bring out of the garage once? Still have bits of cork and stuff in it though. Yeah, that was a Christmas party though, not a podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. He saves he saves the real good stuff for special occasions, Luke. <laughs> hey, listen. This is what happens when you go away with your wife and spend everything on the weekend. Now you have to drink vinegar with your mates. Well, I, 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 literally, I, literally 15 minutes ago telling us he's flying business class for the first time ever, and now he's drinking. <laughs> <laughs> now he's just because, hey, no, anyway, I'm not going to get into it. You live in carry on. What the hell would you know? <laughs> <laughs> Go back I've got a moat. I live in a castle, mate. I've got a moat. I've got a moat around my house. I live in a okay. castle. Don't worry about me. Did your pool still leak? Yes. Thanks for asking. <laughs> this bottle doesn't. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> what's making news this week, you guys? I think well, the. Well, I want to go. If we can, I'll lower the tone for a second just to go back to last week for a little bit because it turned out that Paul Green didn't kill himself. Yeah. I was sort of fearing that he uh, did based on the... Did based on he did the, or he didn't, Cam? He, he did. did. He did. And the, the, the problem with it was and why I thought it might have been that track is the bloke had been a winner his whole life. He'd been the best footy player in Australia for a long time and he... he also won premierships as a coach and every every aspect of his life was being a winner. And then in the last two years, he got sacked by the Cowboys. He'd been there eight years. He'd won on their first premiership, but the team started to not go so well. So they sacked him. And then he had a year as a Queensland coach, which went horribly. And the the flack that he caught because of that was horrible. And then that, it's at the stage where it didn't look like he was going to get another coaching job in the NRL. So... Um, um, it was always when he died and died quickly and no one was sort of talking about it when he started to add things up. People who were used to winning or, or base their whole identity on winning really struggle when they don't win anymore, which is mm. something CL's been talking about a bit recently. There's no good basing your life on being number one because one day you're going to be number two and that isn't going to be good for you. So, But one thing it's uncovered and... and you know, we can talk about why we celebrate people after they're dead instead of whether they're alive. But it, it seems to have touched a lot more people than just your average. And he, he wasn't the biggest name in the world, but I've had I had many phone calls last week and this week from people checking in on me 
and I've done the same for other people. A lot of people out there struggling at the moment and and yeah. and, and awareness. People keep throwing around the, the word awareness. Everyone's aware of it, but we need to be more than aware. We need to talk about it. We need to yeah. do something about it. You need to do something for yourself. Not 100%. You can have all the awareness campaigns in the world, but men kill themselves at a far greater rate than women. Um, you know, there's eight suicides a day and six of them are men. Women have more attempted suicides than men, but men get the job done more often, um, which, yeah, it's true for everything in life generally. So, um, but I just think, and it was, it was, it was, a, it's been an interesting two weeks. I think some of the people who were reaching out to me to check in were reaching out actually for them needing help. It, it was, you know, how are you doing? But, but deep down, I think that was people's way of sort of saying, I'm struggling a bit. And yeah. it was coming from a lot younger people than usual and coming from all sort of all sort of facets of life. And then when I started to ring around a little bit, I didn't really talk to anyone who wasn't going through a bit of shit at the moment. So um, I think, I, th I don't know what we do, but I think we, we talk about, you know, <clears throat> are you okay day? And I, I believe that every day should be are you okay day, but I don't think any of us do it mm. ever. Any mm. of us, I don't think anyone sitting here can, can really claim to be, be at least calling someone every day to make sure they're all right or, or, or checking mm. in. And mm. One thing I did read, which was interesting as far as getting around awareness and having a conversation, I did read an article that suggested instead of asking people if they're okay, actually ask them if they're thinking about killing themselves and actually broach the subject because, because mm. you know, we're all going to say we're okay, right? But if someone's really doing it tough, the suggestion was, and it was from a, the ambassador for lifelines, the guy who was the guy writing the article. He said, "Ask them if they're having suicidal thoughts." He said, yeah. You, yeah. Um, and and I think, uh, as with a lot of issues, we probably won't do it. Um, yeah, you know, even though the people we love and the people we care for, you, you won't ask them those questions. You'll be instead will beat around the bush and say, "Oh, how you doing?" And you hope that you get the magic answer. But um, I just think the mental health space is something that which continue to neglect. Um, I don't have any answers for it, apart from having more conversations with people and, and continuing to remind people that you're there for them. But um, yeah, I think um, that was all. That's all I wanted to... Mm. No, it's good. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's unfortunately a culture within the, like with men that, you know, you're supposed to have this persona of being big and strong and be able to handle everything and, and that's why we sort of re we retreat into our caves and, and we don't even talk to our best mates about it. Mm. And uh, I think people need to understand that while, you know, while you may not want to talk to your mates or your family, there's still professionals out there to help you. Mm. I mean, when we're sick, when we're sick within our physical being, I mean, we go, we go to the doctor for a mm. prescription or, or for whatever advice. Why can't, why can't we feel comfortable about going to a shrink or, you know, a, psych, I don't know, a psychologist or psychiatrist or whatever you want to call it for just some help? Yeah. Just like, just like, just like people in an organization who are a bit struggling with the business, calling somebody for help, you know, I think it's important that uh, we do that. Mm. But it is true, um, Chris, there is a lot of help out there, but I think people, um, I think a lot of people in the, in the, who are struggling, I think that they think at times that they're the only one that's struggling. And so actually asking for help, they feel like, oh, well, it's only me and I'm the only one that must be going through something like this. So they, they don't. Um, 
whether it's fear, embarrassment or whatever, but I think like I did hear that between 18 and 40 is, is, the, is the age group of where most men commit suicide. And it, it is like, you know, um, apparently in Port is such a small town, but there's something like four or five suicides a day, you know, and- Yeah, that's a, for a small town. It's huge. It's huge. We have one of the higher rates, but you know, it's so, it, it is sad, but I think, I think what I, and I particularly see, um, which really is one thing that I do really like, um, Steve, you guys all know Steve, he is good with his mates and he does keep in touch with his mates. And I've had been sitting next to him whilst he's had conversations and there's been grown men on the other end of that phone crying, you know, and I think, wow, that's so good whether it's because they feel comfortable with him or whether he's just so open and, and, and able to even say if he's struggling with them. I think if you're vulnerable and able to have that conversation, say, hey, I'm struggling, that allows the other person to say, well, shit, so am I, you know? Um, it's, yeah, it's not a weakness. It takes courage to actually say, hey, you know what, I'm friggin' struggling and what do I do? And that's yes, the thing yeah. that I think needs to change. You're not a pussy or weak or a loser by saying, hey, I need help. You know. And you're not a pioneer, like you said, Lou, you're not a pioneer. Others are going through it. You don't have to do it no, by yourself. You're not the only one. There's help. Just reach out. There's help. And yeah. if you feel ashamed, feel shy or whatever, you don't have to tell any of your friends or family. You can go get professional advice. That advice is confidential. Just pick yeah. up the bloody phone or walk into wherever you need to go, but go and get help. People yeah. that are in that state, mate, aren't going to do that. And that's what I was sort of saying. Where the onus, I mean, yes, everyone has to help themselves, but they're not, when they get to that point, they don't, right? So I think the onus has to be on us as humans to to really check in with each other more. I think yeah. if, if sort of similar to what Lou said, if Steve's calling people and showing that he can be someone who's safe to talk to, then people will talk to him, right? And that's, that's what we've got to do. Someone who's, someone who's, got to the point where they're actually thinking of taking their own life. I mean, Paul Green did it the day after his nine-year-old son's birthday. Jesus. I went to the shops. It was the day after the birthday party. She came home. He, he was dead. Someone like, and he'd seen all his best mates over that weekend. Cronulla had their old boy. So it was a big concoction of past glories probably building up on him, which got him to the point where I, you know, I'm never going to be there again. So you don't know. It's a, that's a lot of speculation, but he, he had the opportunity to talk to, anyone within 48 hours of doing that and i don't know if anyone sort of saw it in him to say mate something's not right talk to me you know and I, I think we're gonna you, don't, you don't think that he comes from a culture probably where you can't even talk and express like weaknesses unless you're in the toilet yeah and then there's there's yeah i guess <laughs> he's talking about calen ponga but I mean, one of his, one of the guys that played with him, and one of the guys that spent that weekend with him before he did it, was Matt Rogers. And Matt Rogers' dad killed himself, and Matt Rogers' brother killed himself. And he said he's coming out and said I didn't see anything in him that pointed to it. So I think wow. you might not see it sometimes, but you just got to ask. Yeah. And you have played uh, at that level. I haven't, so I wouldn't understand. But is there anything about? relating to concussions to you've seen you guys seen the movie and I, i've shown you the movie. studies haven't yeah the, the studies haven't come out in rugby league yet but there are a few players that have come out and said when i die give my brain to whoever you got to give it to 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 check yeah. um but it will be it'll be there's no difference it's it's well known in the nfl now in the nfl it got to the point where players were shooting themselves in the chest to preserve their brain so that it would come out that it was head knocks that 
drove them to Jesus. what they've done. I heard Junior Sayo is one of the most famous. Junior Sayo is probably the most famous NFL player to kill himself, and he shot himself in the chest on purpose so that he could preserve his brain. And um, it will be head knocks, will be a cause of it, but I, I don't think it's any more prolific in rugby league than it is in life. I mean, I spoke yeah. to someone the other day about this. I had this conversation with someone, and she said to me, look, in the last week, there's been three or two people that we know, not directly, but on a personal level. One of them threw himself off a bridge on the freeway in front of a in front of a truck. Um, the other one, then there was a story during the week about a ten-year-old kid that, that got found in the school toilets, hanging hung himself, and um, yeah, it isn't. I think contact sports and that are going to have a, a, probably have a more prevalence of, of brain damage and the associated effects of that, but. Um, it's more a culture. You only got to look, you only got to go back to what we were talking about a week before in rugby league, which was the gay pride stuff with Manly, right? And I said in when I was talking about that, I was worried about the players who didn't wear the jersey. I was worried about the players who did wear the jersey and I was worried about everyone in between because um, the culture, again, in the sport or whatever it is in society doesn't allow people to be who they are or speak to about who they are. And I was worried for anyone else in the sport who was thinking about coming out I was worried about the people who were going to get death threats and the rest of it for not wearing. Like it's all this stuff that goes on and all this shit we do as a world that drives people to that point. And um, I, uh, awareness just isn't enough. I don't know. I, I don't know. But mm. yeah. Uh, good subject, mate. Um, all right, what are we doing this week? All right, talk about something we do know about. Well, some of us anyway. Selling houses. Um, I'll just leave. <laughs> oh Chris, don't be so hard on yourself. I mean, real estate, we list to last and sell to survive, but what makes you the best? I think mm. it's good that we're talking about a topic we 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 run here every week talking about stuff we we know about, but we don't do we don't do about. This is something we do every day. Um so let's talk about it. What makes you a good real estate agent? No, not good. What makes you the best real estate agent? I don't know. Uh, Louise, you're the one who came up with this line. So uh, why don't we start with you? <clears throat> mm. um, I think there's lots and lots and lots of things that um, make a great agent. Uh, I don't think there's just, you know, a handful of things. I think, um, you know, I think first and foremost, um, you've we all know we've got to have goals. We've got to get have something that gets us out of bed every day. Um, we've got to have authenticity, confidence, lots and lots and lots of things. So I guess um, I don't want to go off on a tangent like I can, um, but no. How 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 are we, we going to do this? Are we going to go around the room and and give a few ideas, or are we just going to how we how do you want to do it? Because I can run. Oh, yeah, well, we start with you, and then we go whatever direction you're sending us. Then we go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I think there's a lot. I think let's start at superficial level. Okay. So I think you've got to you've got to look after your appearance. I think you've got to look the part to be the part, and I think that helps with. Unfortunately, we all know people judge a book by its cover, and so um, if you turn up looking like a two dollar agent as opposed to a million dollar agent, you know that that's not going to do you any favors. Um, we've all spoken about having two ears and one mouth. If you're the one doing most of the talking in your presentation, you're probably not listening enough and listening is where you're going to get the little bits of gold and, and create that relationship and that rapport that's going to get you 
in a position to know exactly the people's motivation, their plan and their needs and wants and, and being able to guide them in the right direction. Um, you've got to ask good questions, you know. Um, you can't, yeah, languaging is important. You've got to ask good questions, you know. Um, you've got to know your market. You've got to have confidence. You're covering a lot of fields. That's what I mean. That's why I didn't want to go on a. T I didn't want to go on a tangent. But this is. I think. I think that your tangent should have stopped at appearance, and then it would have been fine, because <laughs> <laughs> now it's giving. It's giving well, everything. Let's. I, I, do, I, I, don't know, I don't know. But first of all, I was thinking about your question uh, about list to last and then sell to survive, and I'm just thinking: is is really like everyone seems to be putting importance on listing. Is really listing the the key. I think um, the reason why, and look, I didn't. I'm, I'm not going to take credit for that saying. I can't remember where it came up, and you know, Stephen and I often say it in our business, um, but we've been saying it for many, many years. And the reason why we say that is because you can't sell what you don't have. If you've got the listings, the buyers will always be there. But if you can't list, then you're going to find it hard. You can sell, but you know you're relying on the other people's listings to sell so hence why we we sort of i don't know whether we did come up with it or whether it came from somewhere i think the question in general has a bit of a negative comment the statement has a bit of a negative connotation to it it's very um lasting and, and surviving where's thriving in it where's where's growing in it and where's in the best being hey <laughs> I can tell you one thing, the best agents aren't worrying about lasting or surviving. I can tell you that for 100%. That's that's the first thing that needs to be the best is a, the mindset of being the best. And that isn't worried about survival and that isn't worried about lasting. So um, the, I don't think two parts of the question actually match each other. But um, I, I, I personally did not believe in the, the first uh, part. I, I personally believe that if you want to last, it's about prospecting and the cultivation of the contacts you have. Because I have I've seen I've seen people who can list. I mean I just what is that? What is that? Stomach again. He's just had that just, three point three one. Yeah. Just just <laughs> yesterday. Just yesterday, I was I was in in a room and uh, with with a lady that I know. I look at her, and I go, she can just list anything she wants, but she's not prospecting. And and when I know that she's not prospecting, there is no chance of sitting in front of anyone. So I don't believe that listing is going to be the key to last it. I think you want to last. There's a kid who's been in the business for twelve months. I mean, you look at him; you still think he's a kid. But he's gone out and this month has taken, has, has grabbed six listings. And, and he's beaten people who are better. But, and, and, and when you have a look, the six listings comes from the fact that he's been doing the number. Calling people and door knocking every single day. Mm -hmm. so I, I, just, I wrote a list. Yeah. I wrote a list, but number one on the list was talk to the most people. I wrote a list of what do the best do? Mm. The best. Talk to the most people. Real estate is a really simple game. Sometimes too simple. You and sometimes because it's so simple, you get bored. So you try and change how simple it is. Now, simple and easy. I'm not saying easy for anyone out there shouting, saying it's easy. 
I've gone through the whole lot, so I can't be accused of anything of the sort. Simple, talk to people, list their house, sell their house. That's real estate, right? It's, it starts with talking to people. And if I talk to 100 people and you talk to 20 people, I win. I'm going to win every day. I'm going to win every week. I'm going to win every quarter. And if you don't do that, the rest doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you look like, Lou, if you're not standing in front of anybody. Oh, no, absolutely, Cam. And that's not the most important thing. Absolutely. It's no, yeah, I'm not even attacking you there. I'm just saying like, <clears throat> presentation and all that stuff. Nothing. Nothing happens. I could be sitting here on the phone naked, right, and I'll beat you. Please don't. Them. I could be sitting on the phone calling people naked and you could have a $1,200 suit, but because I'm calling people, I win. I win. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, and that's, it's people and numbers. It's people and numbers, and that's really what real estate boils down to. Um, and I heard a good line during the week: to be a good, to be a good agent, have have the empathy of a good friend and the competitive competitiveness of an athlete. You know, and I thought, well, you know what, that's that's pretty well sums it up because you know we all know it boils down to relationship, um, and and having a being able to create good relationships, and it always is people numbers if you if you've got the empathy of a good friend and you and you and you've got the competitiveness of an athlete um whether that's with you competing with yourself or competing with the your competition or you know a healthy com competition within your own team and i thought you know what well, that pretty well sums it up but even competition doesn't lead to talking to people i know some bloody competitive guys but they spend all day one, coming up with problems on why they can't do something, or two, coming up with the wrong solutions and putting all their focus in the wrong stuff, thinking that that's going to help them beat. They spend all day trying to work out how they can get their heads on more open-owned signs and business yeah. cards than they do talking to people about selling their house. So it's it's you know, focusing on the you know talking to people and you know further down the list is doing the right things at the right time. But that's, you know, unless we get past number one, which everyone hates. And there was a conversation in the office the other day about, oh, hating prospecting and, you know, well, oh, we hate it, but we've got to do it. And I said, I love it. And they said, what do you mean? And they said, you don't do it anymore. And I'm like, fair call, that's fine. But I did a bloody shitload of it to get what I've got, right, and to get where I am and to get to the point where I can ask people to do it for me. Nothing happens in real estate without prospecting. Why can you love it, hey? I've been told you never prospected. Not a day in my life. Not a day in my life. Never prospected. I never sat there and did 150 calls and I never got yelled at once for going home on 148 calls at 8 o'clock at night to try and get home to my family. That no, never happened. That's what I mean. The people, I've been there and done it. So um, it doesn't bother me now. I've never, i tell you what I haven't done. I've gone off three days in my life. I built my whole career on the phone. Right, and I'm, I'm, I'm probably would have been healthier if I didn't. But for whatever reason, I'm not. I'm a bit. Shy, I'm shy. I don't do well sometimes meeting people for the first time, which sounds crazy in this industry. But knocking on people's doors isn't my thing. So I did it on the phone and got bloody good at it. But I did more of it than anybody else. Right, and if, you know, I did more than anybody else. And because I did more than anybody else, now I can speak to it. But I think that's a good point, Cam, because I have agents in my office that cannot whether it, whether it's whether they cannot or they do not want to door knock but you know what they're terrific on the phone and then i've got others that won't pick up the phone and they'll door knock all day and it's i think it's important to work nothing in your wrong with that. exactly work in your go. yeah nothing wrong with that. exactly you know when i when you we, i read this 
like when you put this subject up, I was looking at it. I've taken it from sort of the point of new recruits, new people coming into the industry, not necessarily people who may have been there for a while. Right? And I thought back when I started, and I've come from an industry where I, I knew most of everything into an industry where I knew next to nothing. And I, the first word I come up with was be humble um, and realize you don't know. If you're coming into the industry, you don't know. Mm. And it's okay not to know. <laughs> Yeah. So it's not okay not to ask. Mm. So be humble and ask for help. Because mm. if you're lucky enough to call in a, a place like with Cam, he says, do your calls, do your knocks, and, mate, you'll, you'll get there. And mm. so the first one is, you know, be humble. Also, mm. if you make a mistake, put your hand up and go, I made a mistake, how do I fix it? A lot of people. But the, the problem is, uh, I, I just ask you about asking for help, and 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 I think this is why I thought the subject about um, the the death of uh, David Green was really pertinent. Is that a lot of people want ask for help in this industry because we're only celebrating Top Gun and you're the best and you're this and and you got listings and you don't. We, we don't even celebrate the guy that gave the listing appointment to the guy who got the listing, right? Wait, no, but let's forget him. Let's, let's celebrate the guy who lists. And so because we're celebrating on that Top Gun, how, how can I just go out and ask for help? Because if I ask for help now, definitely it's going to put me below the, the rest of the team or at least that person. This the is the don't care, mate. That's back to that mindset. The best don't care. The question was, what do the best do, right? The best ask for help. The best of us, anyone for help, and that's mm. if you if you can't ask for help, you're not going to get there. I'm sorry. That's that's you now. Should we foster an environment? I think you're getting to. You know, should we foster an environment where it's easy for people to ask for help? Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's down to leadership. Yeah. But if you're not in that environment, what do you do? Yeah. Do you blame the environment? Do you blame the environment, or do you do you overcome your issue? Now, I. I reach out external to my original office all the time. Yeah. And the first time TL stood up in front of a, a kickstart and said, oh, was it kickstart? No, it was a whole, whole network thing at the Hunter Valley and said, have a mastermind group. I walked up to him. I didn't really know him, but I said, you're going to be my mastermind. And he said, why don't you go and talk to someone else in the room? And I said, well, you're training them. So wouldn't I want you, not them? <laughs> um, and that was literally, you know, six months into the thing, but that was me overcoming the fact that over, overcoming the environment and coming up with a different thing. So uh, I, sent you away. I sent you away, I remember. I was Yeah, I know I was in front of the podium because I, but I, I sent you away because I thought a seed in the desert will never grow. And so I, I just sent you away and I thought you better go look for some other desert. I kept growing, bro. I kept growing. <laughs> I was only 95 kilos then, brother. Oh, man. I, I thought right at that point in time, I thought he was going to let go of one of the F words, uh, and I, I didn't get it. Uh, no, I, think, I think we're going to talk about what the best do, because that's what the question I, is. All right. one, one of the things that I think that we have to realize as the best, and, and, and a lot of people didn't realize, and, and maybe because of the way we worded this subject for this week, it, we talk about real estate, but it could be about any any subject, you know. Hundred percent. Like my sister who's listening right now, she's a nurse. So, and and I go, some 
to me, some people, they work to get their goals and some people, they get their goals and then they go to work. You have to know what style of person you are. Yeah. Because if you are one of the two groups, get yourself on that track and go for it. Yeah. Uh, there's some people who they, they, they work for years before they can go out and say to themselves, I deserve a Maserati. Some people, they get the Maserati and suddenly something in them just start to go, no, I have to go to work because I've got the Maserati to pay for. And, and there are things that they would be doing that they wouldn't do because when you feel, for example, let's imagine you feel not good enough not deserving of good things. Why would you want to go and work for that Maserati? What you're going to do is to spend more time telling yourself why you shouldn't work because the Maserati is not something you see yourself driving. And so first thing that people need to know is what type of person I am. I, I, I am the kind of person who actually gets things and then I go to work. You, you never see me rest, but that's why I go out and, and get things first. Mm -hmm. uh, me too. I'm, not, I'm in that box. Too. Me too. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, like we always talk about association, um, and it was a conversation that I had with my team this morning in our sales meeting. Um, you've got your association, and it's very, very careful who you hang around, and um, you know you've got your people that drag you down, you've got your people that inspire you or ignite you, and then you've got your people that all yeah they're good to talk to, and they're they're sort of you know level. You, you don't get any good or bad out of them. But you've got to be careful with your time and be careful of who you hang hang around. But your diet, and I said, you know, first you've got to look after yourself. And when I say that, it's you know, looking after your health and all the rest of it. But your diet can, consists of not just what you eat; it's what you're listening to. What are you reading? Who are you hanging around? What are you watching? You know, because there's people that um, where where your focus lies is what you focus on. And if you're always focusing on negative stuff or always watching the news before you come to work, you're never going to start the day on a good foot, you know. And so it's important to look, remind yourself of who you're hanging around and what you're listening to, reading and all the rest of it as well. Nice. I can see Cameron was thinking about something. What were you thinking of, man? Oh, no. Well, Lou went from association to what you do when you wake up in the morning and I was just getting those starting to get confused but that's all i was just all i'm thinking is the best hang out with the best that's that's who the best hang out with and it might not be the best in real estate but you, a lot of top agents do mastermind together but, but the best uh in the field of finance the best in the field of life that they hang out with the best it doesn't that's your easy association with when people say be careful who you hang around what do the best do they find the best What's the saying? If you're the smartest in your group, you're in the wrong group. Yeah. Listen, you, you are so true. You know, you're so right. Uh, when I was 23, I think my, my leader, who was um, Al Hurst in insurance, took me to the snow and he did everything first class. Do you know that I still remember that today? Because when we went away, I was thinking like a poor man and I was doing things. Like, and he said, no, Thomas, get this and, and do that. And we're going to do that. Oh, come on, man. And... And suddenly I, I went, hold on, is that possible? And I see someone doing something that I thought was impossible. And when you see someone doing something that you thought was impossible, you go, no, it is possible. There's a guy doing it. And so hanging around those kind of guys and, and, go, and being around those kind of guys doing things that you never thought you could do, mm. it changed the way you think. To me, it's been now, what is it? 
70,000 years since Al has taken me uh, first class all the way to, to, to the snow. But I still know his phone number. And, and I haven't spoken to him in 30 years. I still know his phone number by heart. That's a simple thing, but again, not an easy thing, right? Because if you, you're someone like me, you get into a group of the best and you don't feel like you should be there, right? It's very hard sometimes to hang around the best but that's that's part of the growth and that's something you've got to push on through a lot of people won't call the best because they don't when you say hang around the best it's like what we were talking about some things are easier said than done what about your family because what happens if you've got that negative parent that always sees a negative side of life or that that friend that's always you know they might be your best friend you know it's, it's not always possible to hang around the best you can't just cut your family off from your life you know, but, no, but you, can, you can go and search for something different. Your time. You can be mindful of your time and see it's not some people are sitting there going, well, it's easy to say hang around the best, but how do I even get to the best? And how, what do I just disown the people that I love in my life that may not be the best? That's a decision you got to make mate, at some point along the line. But mm. I have cut off many yeah. friends and, and um, I have actually cut off many family but that's not the point when i wanted to know how to in real estate right i haven't I've lost thomas's phone number this is the only time i've seen but um when i but here's the thing lou when i was in an office that wasn't giving me what i needed i picked up the phone when i wanted to learn how to manage a patch and i called darren butcher because darren butcher is probably the best real estate agent yeah i knew at the time right that's that's what i'm talking about when um I, when I wanted to know about what to do with my money, I didn't call the broker's person I knew or ask my dead shit mates who were at the pub having a, having a beer with me. I called people yeah. who had money. Yeah. So is, I mean, what you're talking about is a lot, is huge. Um, and for some people, you know, you may have to make some pretty harsh decisions, but that's not but that's reaching out to the best is easy, mate. Yeah, out, absolutely. And that's, what I, that's all I wanted to sort of clarify around is it's reaching out and not necessarily cutting off everybody in your life to hang around the best. And you know what I mean? And you, can have, mate, you can have mates and you can have friends who are just for going to the pub and having a beer with. But as long yeah. as you realise that the mates for going to the pub and having a beer with, not for taking life advice from or, or exactly. judging your career, you know, building your career right. off their advice, that's, 100%. you know, I believe that's that's the difference there. Who, Instead yeah. of football. The best, don't ask, the best don't ask a hairdresser for advice on how to sell houses, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's yeah. Exactly. Um, so In the book, I had a, I, the second thing on my list to you, which sort of your sister's probably the queen of is in her job is the best focus on giving, not getting. Yeah. Yep. The best have a mindset of how can I help nothing else. So don't focus on getting a listing or getting a sale. It's, which which reminds me of what we spoke about at you and me yesterday. You know, uh, when I I talked to my sister Anne on her day off uh, Sunday, she she wanted to go to the Grand Place, which I hope I'll, I'll take you at some stage, Cam. And there's a lot of beers that we have to drink in Brussels. Yeah. But she went there first thing in the morning because she knew she had to go and spend the day with my parents. And on Saturday, there was a day off, but she took my, my mother out. And, 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 when I, and, and I think that this is the conversation I had yesterday, that sometimes you have friends who are maybe behind you. You too must make a concerted effort to go and help them. Not, not, not because there is something in it for you, but because there is something in it for them. 
and, and I think that this is the key that we need to be doing. Mm. Yeah. And that goes on a deeper level, but even on the, um, you know, on a more superficial level with, with just the real estate stuff, you know, if you're focused on getting and you go into a listing appointment only to get the listing, chances are you're not going to get the listing. That's it. If, you you're need to be able getting, if you're talking to a buyer and focusing on getting a sale, chances are you aren't going to get the sale. Yep. If, the yeah. best of solutions focus, the best of what can I give these people that's going to yep. make sense for them or help them on their journey. And then on a deeper level, obviously, as, as humans and as friends, if we're focused on giving and not getting exactly to Thomas's point, Exactly. That, that conversation we had yesterday ended up my lesson of the day because you're 100% right. It's, we, we take the easy road. It's easy when you're hanging out with the best to forget the people who aren't in that circle right, yeah. and, and put them in the too hard basket. Um, and we shouldn't be doing that really either. Yep. You've more than you get and have a mentality of service, not self-service. Mm. It's nice. Mm. Yeah. That's good. What about you, Chris? You've been very silent, man. I'll, I'll let you guys go, man, because everything, like most of the list is ticked off. But the other, the other, one of the other big things I have is patience, um, especially for new people. Put, put the work in and, and understand that as long as you are in front of where you were yesterday, have the patience because you will get there. Uh, you'll get the traction and, and it will come to you. But it's, it's, it's a, a marathon, not a sprint. Marathon, not a sprint. Patience as well as um, persistence, um, Chris. I think that's the other thing as well. Be patient, but be persistent. Persistence is good, but the bigger thing I think that people understand is resilience. Yeah. You know, you're going to get a lot of knockbacks, but, you know, you've got that one step. Use those knockbacks as your building bricks to success because, seriously, you get so many more no's than a yes, but just use those no's as something positive. Mm. New opportunity, you know, uh, next opportunity, or you know, whatever it whatever it is, it's but mm. use it as your fuel to 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 burn the engine that pushes you forward. Yeah, the other thing too is um, selling. Selling has nothing to do with price, and I'm sure some agents go out there and if I tell the owner the right price, I'll get the listing every time. And you know what? A lot of the time they might, because of course every owner wants the most amount of money, so they hear the magical number and where do I sign? But in that moment, you're not selling the, the, is all about you selling yourself and your service and what you can do um, and how you can better them by by choosing us as the agent, as the right agent, you know, because people aren't, it's like when what I say to, um, what I say to the team, of course, buyers are buying the physical structure, the bricks and the mortar, but when they're coming through that home and they're making that decision in their mind as to what they're buying, they're buying the feeling that they anticipate getting by living here. And it's the same with when they're making the decision about who they're going to choose as the agent, they're buying you, you know? Um, so if you're selling them on price, that's a weak agent, you know, you've got to be able to sell you, but for the benefit of them. Yeah, very good. You know, I recently picked up a listing and I, and I, I credit something that I learned from Cam was a saying that he said at a, a, a training session that we had recently where um, I was, a, you know, one of, I don't know how many agents in and I said, um, you know, at the end of the day, I've got to be able to sleep at night. I'm going to tell you absolutely what I think the house is worth, but um, we're going to absolutely try for the absolute best result we can. Mm -hmm. um, Listen, I have no problem if we're going to have a serious kind of podcast, but we can't lie, okay, Chris? 
Invoices in the mail, mate. <laughs> I think just you can't, you can't, no, seriously, you can't lie. I mean, you're gonna have to, whatever you say, it has to be the truth, okay? So, when you say you, you learned something from game, I thought now if we're gonna start lying, that's wrong, man. <laughs> I also had the best aren't greedy like Thomas, he's still trying to fish for another lunch because four isn't enough. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the best don't. Let's focus on giving, not getting, Tommy. That's why you're learning. That's why you're learning about it on next Friday, and the first listener who's calling is going to be invited to the next, to the next amazing lunch on 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 Cam next Friday. So, uh, the first person who's putting it on the uh, podcast uh, right now will be the person who gets to be invited. The, the, lunch uh, happening, the lunch is happening at China Dolls. I thought I'd just let you know. Anyway, so what were you talking Speaking about? Speaking of me going broke. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I didn't actually have it on my list, but it just made me think of it, actually. The best of all paid a price to be the best. Heck yes. Yeah, I agree. No one. I agree. And, and, no and, one works harder than you at that. I, I absolutely agree. And, <laughs> The best pay the price, man, and that that you know you, that ties into resilience and it ties into a lot of stuff, but it ties yeah. into no money in real estate's made between nine and five, and it ties into yes. you know, you, it, 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 all the stuff that people come in and expect, or people who have got this, people who got the skills, got the gift of the gab, can sell the emotion, but just won't pay the bloody price, and then one to sit there and go, well, why aren't I? On all the signboards, and why aren't why isn't my bank account full? Because you're not willing to do what needs to be done. But yeah. I think there's a there's a price to pay, whether that's to be to be mediocre or to be the best. Because you know you're going to be mediocre, you're going to have to live that lifestyle, you know. And then you want to be the best. Well, then there's yeah. a price to pay. That's hard work. It's everything you just said, Cam. So there's a price to pay either way. You just got to choose which way you want to. There's a big price to be the best, but but well, often we look at the price as a negative thing. Right? Yeah. But, but, the price, much like last and, and survive, have a negative connotation. Paying the price, we put a negative spin on that. But the price yeah. is a bloody wonderful thing when it pays off, mate. Yeah, like, yeah right. You're right. And the bigger the price, the better. The, the bigger the lesson. Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to be serious, Thomas. You're still talking about entrees and champagne, mate. <laughs> He's hungry. You've got, to sacrifice, you've got to sacrifice, but you can't pay the price sometimes. The best probably, the best will have a supportive partner or they're single. Right? The best have uh, the best have a family that know that they've got to pay the price. The best pay the price isn't an individual thing if you want to be the it's, best. It's good, that you, it's good that you say that. You know, I, I think that I, paying the price is something that a lot of people are not doing for the moment. I see it. I go around teams and I see it. I see people who ask for things before they even pay for it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and I'm thinking that's not how the, the universe works in terms of paying winners. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, real estate, if anybody thinks real estate's nine to five, don't even bother starting or trying to get in because it is so not that. And the thing about real estate, why I love it and probably why I decided to do it is because it's probably one of the only industries where you don't have to have four letters after your name, a bachelor, a diploma, a degree or whatever. You earn 
whatever you want to earn or whatever you are aiming to earn. We don't no, have you earn what you deserve to earn. You earn what you deserve to earn, but there's a lot of other industries where you're capped. You can go to university yeah, for years or true. 10 years and you're, 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 your earnings are still capped here. Real yeah. estate, we don't have that. You're absolutely right. I, I was speaking to a, a lady who, um, I think she's uh, talking about leaving her business or she, she has, and as I was listening to her and she's telling me this and she's telling me that and she's telling me what she's going to make in terms of decision. And I'm thinking, you've been working there for five years. This is now when repeated business is coming back to you. Real estate is a place where the sales you made five years ago starting to come back and feed you this year. And you walking away from it. And, and I couldn't help but think about the book I'm writing where people who don't know about they're not good enough, will sabotage themselves. When they're so close to success, they are going to do something to just break that success because there is something subconsciously that is, because it's subconscious, also it is unconscious, that they do in order to just sabotage the success. You know, I look at that woman and she's, she's trying to convince me about why she's leaving. And in the entire conversation, I said, yeah, yeah, okay, I hear you. And... And I'm thinking, you're just crazy. But that's a lot of what people are doing these days. They do not have delayed gratification. Yeah, yeah. And we know like that saying, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. But it goes back to the persistence. And you know what, most of the time when we are facing, and this is what great salespeople know, when you are facing your toughest obstacles, that's when you just are about to reach your goal. That's when you are just about to break through. But a lot of people stop and give up there. And that's the difference. That's the resilience, right? That's the good and great difference. You can be good or you can just push through regardless and be great. And that and it and it's it's like, you know, you talk about comfort zones. A lot of people like to live there and stay there, but you never grow or become anything better than that. And that's you know, I've so many times when I've found myself thinking, Oh, you know, maybe I should change careers or maybe I should I've you know, give up, or maybe I should just do this or whatever. It's because I have been facing something really hard and tough, but I've always been able to get myself to the point of going, you know what, it's just, it's just a bad day. It's not a bad life. Tomorrow's another day. Let's get up and go again. And every time I've done that, I've pushed through and there's always been a pot of gold on the other side or whatever you want to call it. Too many people have a plan B. Too many people, it's yeah. the birth mentality. It's, you know, you, you, you've got to grind and you've got to put in the effort. And um, like you said, you've got to pay the price. Um, mm-hmm. I also like it, the, the saying, work harder on yourself than you do on your job. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got to focus on always improving yourself and making sure that you're delivering a, a higher level of you every time you go out. Learn from your mistakes. Um, yes. You read your books. Learn from your association that we spoke about before and so forth, but always yep. looking, look at improving yourself. Constant and never, what is it, Kenny, right? Constant Kenny. and never improving. Never ending improvement, yep. Yeah, right? 100%, Chris. It's, and, and it's working smarter, not harder. In this day and age, it's never been easier to be a real estate agent. Social media, there's agents out there that don't even door knock or pick up a phone because they get all their leads and listings and everything else from social media. So, you know, there's a statistic there right now. If you have a database of 1,000 people, 6% of those people will sell every year, you know. And so you think about some of our databases. I know our offices combined, they're about 10,000 
um, you know, but as a, you don't, I mean, obviously you need to go out there and door knock and phone call and whatever, but if you focus on the people that you've already helped or are helping or have got in your database, you're sitting on 60 times however many thousand you've got in there. Yeah, this is why you have to really also um, clarify, Louise. If yeah. you if, if if you're picking up the phone to say, uh, "Sorry, disturb you. My name is Thomas. I'm uh, just seeing whether you're planning on moving," and you've been in the business for more than seven years, you're an imbecile. Yeah, 100%. because if you've been in business for that long, you should really, really be calling and say, "Hey, Cam, how are you going, mate? How how is the how is the waterfront uh, happening? I mean." How much work are you putting on, on the river, like alongside all the uh, kids' bedroom and, oh, and the plantation uh, trees? Are they coming or is that, are they shutters? I mean, this is the kind of conversation you should have rather than just, Cam, are you planning on moving? I, I think it, so the, even in the conversation you have, it has to change. Mm. And, and, and not get yourself in, in, into a place where when you're 50, you're still calling the area as if you just recently joined the area. Mm, mm. That, I think that comes that goes in hand in hand with another thing I've got, which is um, have charisma and EQ. Uh, I, I think a lot of people, like you said, Thomas, don't have that intelligence to feel the conversation and push it in a, a salesperson sort of mentality um, mm. and understanding. Yeah, mate, I got a I got a twenty I got a twenty year old kid who's absolutely he's killing me at the moment, let alone everyone else in the area, and he, he's got the EQ of a house brick. Yeah. <laughs> He has, but however, he's got the work ethic and the hours that he puts in exactly. out, out trumps the other. So exactly. um, what's the other one? When when um, skill fails to work hard. No, oh, he's got all the skill in the world, mate. Got plenty of skill. That I can't remember. There's a saying, I can't remember it now, but anyway. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. Work hard at plans. Anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I'll bring it to you next week. I don't remember. <laughs> anyway. I'm going to throw this one out there. The best agents charge the most commission. The what? Sorry, Ken? The best charge the most. No one. I'm so sick of hearing and seeing people put up, I'm the best in the area because I've sold 150 houses. Anyone could sell 150, get 150 listings if they were a 1% agent. Anyone. All right? Yeah. But... If you've got to list 150 to make the same money that I make listing 50, mm. who's the best agent? The reason they're a 1% agent is because they haven't done a single thing that's on this list. They haven't spoken to the most people. They haven't focused on growing themselves. They're focusing 100%. Beautiful example on getting, not giving. I've got 150 sales for the year. What have you given? Mm. Right? Poor results. What about the other 300 you haven't sold? I, I strongly believe yeah you're the best you should be charging the most absolutely well you look at that in terms of uh health for example you know if you wanted to if you if you needed an operation or something you're not gonna you know if you have the ability to you know line up and see who charges what it price doesn't even come into play it's whoever's got the runs on the board, whoever's got the experience and whoever's going to do the best job. So I think you're 100% right. I think, unfortunately, Cam, a lot of people focus on um, quantity as opposed to quality. I'm talking about the agents themselves. You want to be the best agent, get in a position yeah. where you can charge more commission than the competitor. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I've gone into listings with the lowest price and the highest fee and come out with the listing because I focus on giving, not getting, because um, I'm there to be able to sleep at night because of all these things that we're talking about. But yeah. and I laugh and I see all these flies. Like they land in my letterbox. The competitors have gone. We've sold this many, and Cam sold this many, and I'm like, yeah, but I've made more money than you. So who's better? Who's 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 actually the best agent here? The guy yeah, who's but, but, but Cam, Cam, I I just don't know because uh, the 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 public is not really educated there. I think it's up to the Department of Fair Trading to see that sometimes some agents to beat you have to really like promise people about insurance work, lie about insurance work and, and do the wrong thing by, by, by law in order to get business. So we are not even talking about people who are breaking the law, who are going out there having a different business because they're running on the side, a building business. And they said, you know what we're gonna do with all the flooding that's happened? We're gonna do some kind of a scheme where I'm gonna lie about it and I'll get the money and I'll get my other company to do that. So. It is very difficult, man, to just identify which business is really legit or, or doing the right thing. It's a saying that I'll Who would you rather list with? Someone who sells the most or someone who sells for the most? Yeah. But wouldn't, they, wouldn't they, the indication be TL and something like that? If I go to every, listen, I go to every single appointment I go to knowing I'm going to be, in a commission sense, the most expensive agent. Right, and I say in a commission sense because it means nothing when I sell the houses for so much more. Okay, yeah, yeah. But so wouldn't wouldn't the red flag go up? Why why does he come in knowing that he's going to be more expensive? Why does he why does he sit there and say, listen, you're not going to be picking because of my commission? Well, it's one of the lines that I use on many occasions to get the, the elephant out of the room. Right. So if someone's at one percent, or if someone is so much cheaper than somebody else. Ask why, and is it because they're an illegitimate business who's got a side hustle that's going to make the money back somewhere else? Is it because it's the only yeah. way they can get business? There's nothing in life, yeah, except for except for petrol. What do I come up? Petrol and milk were the only things I come up with are cheaper and better. I couldn't come up yeah. with anything else. You know, you buy cheap water, you, you take your life in your hands. You, yeah. The rest of it. So um, yeah. We say up here, cheap I think the bill's a good place cheap. to start. Yeah. Um, I was just saying one of the lines we say up here is good ain't cheap. Uh, sorry, cheap ain't good and good ain't cheap. And, you know, it's every time we say that and they go, well, what do you mean by that? It's like, well, why can you buy a TV for $400 but the same TV for $6,000? There's a difference. And the reason why we charge what we charge... <laughs> Look at is that a is that bad luck? <laughs> um, the reason why is we that... charge what we charge and they charge that what what they charge is for that for them to do it for that. There's got to be a whole lot of things that they aren't doing that we are, you know. And us and and yeah. But you know the thing is is how many times do we have salespeople say to us, um, "I didn't get it because of the fee. I didn't list it because of the fee." You know, like we we get that a lot. Yeah. The best, the I best not only charge the most, they earn it though. You can't say you're a three percent agent and act like a one percent agent. I, I, I think I think that the uh, the point that Cam uh, has brought up, and and this is why I made it big because for me it's huge. It, if you want to last, if you want to be the best, you're gonna have to work on your values. Values, the only thing that makes you last. Reputation is the only thing that lasts. 
when everyone around you will start saying, no, he lied to me or he to get my business, he had to get his building business in, involved to steal from the insurance. I, I think that those are the things that's going to break your values. What, what you need to really be doing is you stick to your values because sooner or later, those kind of guys are going to be found out. Yeah. So you, you have to stay there. When, when, when someone goes and does the wrong thing by clients or break values, they're not going to last. I know that already. Mm. In yeah. business for too long to see the people who are fly by night and the people who are just there day in, day out. You must stick to your values. And values is more than what you think you're doing right. It's what you do when nobody can see you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of the things that I wrote down when I was reading it's gone to be the best what makes you the best and the unfortunate thing is to be the best people will 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 break their values just for that that badge that that mantle that that ego boost whatever it may be they will break cheat lie and even from their own team members um They'll look there's, out a, for there's a name tag that says they're the best and there's actually being the best, mate. That's the... Yeah, that's and those people that are doing that's really not the best. For me, when that, that last bit, I really left a sort of uh, an easy feeling because in real estate, I think the best for everyone is very individual. Individual. I mean, even you, you can be the best and do everything the right way and have no family life and lose your children and, and have no balance. And I think there's a... There's a, there's a very fine line on people's understanding on what they need to be doing, what they should be doing, you know, mm. or what they think they should be doing. Um, mm. It's that word best. And then it comes down to, I was also thinking about, you know, what, what, what do we classify as the best? Is the best, that, and we, we touched on this previously, the dollar value, the number of sales, the amount of testimonials of the person who's got the best social media reach. Um, and then, People can be swayed, unfortunately, with those sort of things as well. Yeah. So yeah. how do we cut through the noise on that sort of stuff? Mm. Mm. By being the best, the best thing to do in real estate is do the best for your client. Mm. Right. That's that's the best. If it's the best thing for your vendor, then you're on the right track because it's got to be. To do that, you've got to stick to your values. To do that, you've got to be honest. To do that, you, you have to do everything so you have to go am i doing this is the statement i just made for my benefit or the benefit of my client when that you know one of the when i first got into real estate I, I talked to a guy who i was trying to sell weight loss shakes with not to like i did tl but he he dabbled in real estate and he joined a major network and he said i, I quit the day they did a training session on how to condition your vendors to take an offer and it involved sending letters out let offers fake um letters of offer to the vendor to condition them to take the real offer. And I, Bloody hell. I got told to do it very early on in my career and I, I refused mm. to got the nickname because of it, right? But that, you know, that is what we're up against as real estate agents. So yeah. to be the best, you have to do the best by your client and you'll be Absolutely. able to you'll be able to sleep at night. Like I'm not lying. That wasn't a line I threw out of that training session, Chris. So it's I mate, I've got enough going on without having to no, worry I about it. No, I understand that, mate. That were, uh, no, I know. No, I know. You understand you it, the way of delivering bring that way with that passion and understanding and honesty, mate, it, it, it circumvents so many other things. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic it was when and I heard it, no, I just thought it wasn't a line, it was true. 
Um, yeah, I'm just reiterating this point. When I, when I sit in front of but there's people who have taken that line and will say it now because, oh, that's a good line. They don't believe a word of it. And the next yeah. line out of their mouth will tell them a price that's $500,000 too much or the next thing out of their mouth will be bad-mouthing another agent or, or yeah. doing a low fee. So, yeah. the, so your question was how do we cut through all the other bullshit? If you've always got the best interests of your client, Actually, yep. at heart, hundred percent. Like how can I give? How can I give? Not how can and, I get? Yeah, you're you're doing the best. And the the great, you know, the brilliant thing about it is, you'll be doing it better than ninety eight percent of other real estate agents because yep. ninety eight percent of other real estate agents are assholes and are doing the wrong thing. But talking about, why I don't talk to them. That's why I don't want to be their friends. It's why when they wave at me at the coffee shop, I just ignore them because you're all they're, they're full of it. Yeah, that's the problem. But talking about being the best and talking about lines, what you just said, something that I learned very, very early, and I'm talking within the first two weeks when I started with Darren, the thing he said to me is, hey, Lou, um, if you take care of the people, the money will take care of itself. And I went, having no idea what real estate was about or, you know, whatever. I thought, okay, well, that's good because I lucky I love people and I like to be able to help and care for people. And I thought, you know what, if that's all I have to do is care about people and the money will take care of itself and genuinely care about people, that's great. But I seem to, like now, where I am now in life, I take that a little bit further. So my my thing that I say now is if I take care of myself and the people, then the money will take care of itself and in turn I'll be able to help more people. And that's what my motto is or my cycle is. You know, I take care of myself <clears throat> and the people and then... Yeah. I, I think I think that if you really uh, restricted that line or shorten it to if you take care of yourself, yeah. the problem is that care has been synonymous to now to selfish, and it's not. Yeah, exactly. Care, care is nothing like selfish. So if you really said if you take care of yourself, meaning if you really look after yourself, better yourself, do things better yourself, elevate your values, your client's going to be looked after anyway. Other people are going to be looked after anyway. So I think that if you look after yourself, if you take care of yourself, then you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and, and listen, lately, and, and, and this is why it's coming back to like, if you want to be the best, for me, it's all about values. Yeah. And we only have a few minutes now to stop. So I'll start first. And I had uh, one of our guys who's recently joined us as a uh, our sales manager, and he's been saying things about people who, and he said, you know, I've got people who want to join. I said, listen, stop it. When they, what, what do I do when they call me and they ask me? I said, you tell them next. Okay because that is not how we are. That's not who we are. That's not how we do business. And, and yeah, but well, if they don't come here, they're gonna go to Newcastle, you say next. And, and, and I think that if you want to really have that, you have to really look after your values. And, and, and people go, yeah, but hold on, what about your business where, where the father of the guy says to, to his son, listen, Thomas is going to groom you and you can join me. No, no, no. He's doing the wrong thing. You keep doing the right thing. Okay. And, and I think that if you want to be the best and last, I think that that should have really been to me. Do you want to last in, in, in real estate? Always, always look after your values. The rest will look after itself. That's my life. I like that. 
Go on, Lou. Oh, me? What I'm a... just sitting here waiting for something. There's only one Lou. Yeah. Lou, there sure is. Um, so what I want to say, um, just to finish it off, it's something that, you know, I've only ever worked in the Wiseberry Network. I've never worked for another brand. I've never had another any other training or anything else. And the thing that one thing that you taught us Thomas early in the piece is the life qualities and we learned that at recruit training and it never really made sense to me but I learned it anyway and as I've got older and as I've grown through my career and as a salesperson and leader and whatever else it makes sense and it's something that I've taught my team now um, and I'll share it with you now when I when I learnt my uh, life qualities at recruit training um, I made up a song and I sing it most days and I'll sing it for you now but I won't sing it I won't sing it but I'll say it so and and I taught my salespeople this and it is the in the relationship with the power of you I'll have goals and with my character and courage I'll be responsible for my attitude whilst learning resilience and discipline and with commitment and empathy I'll have a balanced life in the association and always with gratitude <laughs> and, I, and I still and it's the Put it's that on our, them in, on our 15 of them in order and and I, when I look back on it and I read it today all I've done is remind myself of those like we know the keys of negotiation and they're good to know but it's the life qualities that you stand by and you live by and you know what I, I that's what I do I I sing that little song to myself most days and it's I love it yeah. made my day if not my day <laughs> mm -hmm. wow you know, to finish off, all I say is, you know, we've touched on it before, is just work hard and work hard on yourself. Give more than you get and expect nothing in return. But just go to work. Simple. It'll come back to you. It will come back to you. Law of attraction will come back to you. Just don't expect it, but it will come back to you. Love it. Love it. Well done. Don't expect it. Yeah. Mm. I think, uh, as I said at the start, we overcomplicate this real estate game and we overcomplicate life sometimes. And we find we look at all the new fangdangle things and we walk around with no socks on, thinking that's the way we're going to impress people now. <laughs> um, we got 12, 12 metre high billboards and put our face on them up. <laughs> What's he talking about? But 12 <laughs> metre high billboards of our bloody face on a sign after we sell a house and listen work hard be humble do the right thing you'll be the best that's it yeah very good I love it. thanks very much guys um if you're not doing anything and you're bored <laughs> i'm on the next podcast very soon which is the nge podcast not good enough you're not which bored by, now you're about to which by, which by the way guys you guys missed last week because you know when I first started this uh, not good enough, which I truly believe it is the beginning of your your podcast today. You know, the, it's the people who keep on having to win, like Mr. Green, uh, Vale Green, who has to keep on winning. And the day that he stops winning, he they, that's that feeling. He, he doesn't even have to feel it. That tsunami of not good enough just swamps him. Mm. You know, I, I think that the that podcast is huge. It, it's actually going to really help a lot of people deal with that stuff. But last week, uh, no, two, uh, last fortnight, 
man, when I saw Lisa Thompson and what she and, and how she's blossoming, for me, it's music to my ears. It's how this lady's through what we're going through is really coming, you know, uh, to, to, to be who she really is. And, and it's exciting. I, I think that uh, thank you very much for this week, guys. Um, we haven't had anyone yet to register for that uh, lunch at um, uh, China Doll next week. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting. The windows open until uh, 6.30 until after that. Well, then um, I, I, um, I have to close it to you guys. We have a lot of good friends that are going to turn up. We're about 12 of us, I think. It's going to be a great day. <laughs> sure. That's only going to cost about 12 grand, Cam, just so you know. <laughs> I almost said it. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you so much. Talk soon. Bye. Okay.